You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. So good to be back with Audacious Family. And uh, Karen and I, this is our first trip out of South Africa since lockdown. And we love being in the United Kingdom. And we love being here and it's great to be in Manchester. And uh, we honor and thank God for Pastor Glenn and Soph for what you're doing for your leadership, for the team here at Audacious. You're an inspiration all over the world. And so I want you to know that you're part of a great church. Amen. Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? We're gonna go to Matthew 28. The resurrected Jesus gave us a commission and a commandment. And His commission was, go. You're part of Audacious Church. You're a go-getter church. This is a church that goes for it. Because Jesus said, go into all the world. Pastor Glenn's in Cardiff. That means you're in Cardiff. Because we're going into the world. Whether it be Cardiff or, or Chester or North or South or Geneva, or the Lost People Group of Sheffield. We are going, right? We're a go-getter church. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations. If you're part of this church, you're gonna be a disciple who makes disciples. You're gonna be a leader who raises leaders. And that's the great commandment, great commission He gave us, but He gave us a commandment. So let's go to that scripture, Acts 1 verse four. Let's read it, Acts 1 verse four. Listen to what Jesus said, this is the commandment. And while, this is the resurrected Jesus, and while staying with them, the disciples, He ordered them. The NIV says, He commanded them. So this is the resurrected Jesus. This is important. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. The great commission is to go. The great commandment after the resurrection is to wait. Go and wait, why? Don't go on your own strength. Wait, wait, wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Wait for the promise of the Father. What's the promise of the Father? John 14, Jesus said, it's good for me to go because I will ask the Father and He'll send another parakletos, one like me. You see, Holy Spirit is to you as a believer today, what Jesus was to the disciples back in the day. You see, don't tell your children Jesus lives in their heart. You're not telling them the truth, love. Jesus doesn't live in their heart. Now, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, who lives in their heart when they say yes to Jesus, is the presence of the Holy Spirit, who makes the love of the Father real to us, who reminds us of the teachings and the person of Jesus Christ, and He convicts us of, of, uh, He convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Listen, Jesus is real to us because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So He says, go, but you need to wait first in Jerusalem. Then verse eight, He says, you shall receive power. Say the word power. power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
For you will be my witnesses. Say, I am a witness. You will be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and New Zealand. To the uttermost parts. Listen, the greatest honor and privilege we have, whether you be a stay-at-home mom or a truck driver or a mechanic or a media mongol or a manager or a, just a, a parent or a pediatrician, whoever you are, you are first and foremost a witness. I am a witness. Why? Because not only am I the righteousness of God in Jesus, that's my identity, but because I have righteousness, not through anything I've done, but because of everything Jesus has done, I am now by the Holy Spirit living in me because the Holy Spirit lives in me at salvation. At salvation, Holy Spirit lives in me. But there are many believers that have the Holy Spirit in them, but they don't have the Holy Spirit on them. They're not aware of the Holy Spirit with them. That's why Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem. Why? Because the disciples already had the Holy Spirit. How do we know that? Well, when the disciples followed Jesus, they weren't Christians because Jesus hadn't died yet. So when did they become Christians? John 20 verse 22, the resurrected Christ breathed into them Holy Spirit. And in John 20, 22, they were filled, they received the Holy Spirit. So they had salvation. But he said, that's not enough for you. To go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, you need the Holy Spirit to come on you. Wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes on you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you at salvation, but the Holy Spirit comes on you at surrender. Can you and I surrender our lives to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And once is not enough, because life knocks us around, we leak. Paul says, keep being filled with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 5.18. Do not be filled with wine in which is dissipation or debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need Holy Spirit. Why? Because the presence of Jesus is in us at salvation, but the power of Jesus flows through us at surrender when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice, we are to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Because your pastors, Glenn and Soph, are apostolic and have a global impact, that anointing runs through the entire leadership team and it runs to you even if you only joined Audacious Church last week. Why? Because the apostolic anointing comes upon you so you can be an entrepreneur, so you can break open businesses, so your business, you can start businesses, you can manage businesses, you can lead your family, you can lead your community, Unity. Why? Because there's a gift of apostolic leadership on this church because the Holy Spirit is here. Not only is He in you for you, but He's on you for all those around you. That's powerful. The Holy Spirit wants to be in you for you to make you more like Jesus. Discipleship. But He comes on you for everyone around you. So we're called to be witnesses. Now notice, we're not all called to be preachers. And everyone said, amen. Unless you wanna be a preacher, that's okay. Not everyone's a missionary, but everyone is a witness. What is a witness? A witness is someone who has experienced something, tasted and seen and heard something that is real to them. And whatever is real to them will stand up in a court of law. Now I wonder if we have any witnesses in this place. 
I wonder if anyone's experienced the power and the presence of God. If you're online, and I invited some people in the sauna yesterday to be online at least. And so, if, Dee, if you're there, Luke, if you're there. So, if, if, if you're a witness, just give me a fire emoji. But in the house, if you're a witness, I want you to answer my questions by saying, I am a witness. Are you ready? Is there anyone here that has experienced freedom from their sin to such an extent that you no longer live under the cloud of guilt and shame because He's taken all your sin away? Do I have a witness here? I've got a couple of witnesses here, fantastic. Have you ever experienced a breakthrough in your health, in your finances? You thought that family member would never come to Jesus. Listen, always invite someone to an event at Audacious. Every weekend is a great opportunity, but the 10th and the 11th especially is a great opportunity where you can invite someone. Why? Because your life is a witness, because people have seen you go through what you've gone through, but they see the way you went through what you went through. No one but God got you through what you went through because God is outside of time and space. He's already been to where you're going to, so He'll get you through what you're going through because He's with you. Do I have a witness in this house? Absolutely. You see, some people wrote you off. Some people said you would never make it. Some people said you're not strong enough. Some people said you're not wise enough. But they don't know who's in you and who's on you. Because they don't know who you belong to. And so you are a witness. Maybe you've been let down. Maybe you've been dropped. Maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe they betrayed you, but Jesus stayed with you. Do I have a witness? Yeah, maybe they wrote you off. Maybe they said you'd never make it. Maybe they left you for dead, but they don't know that your name is written in the book and it's written in red because of the blood of Jesus. Do I have a witness here? Maybe you've been overwhelmed. Maybe you've been suffering from anxiety, but you're not surrendering to anxiety because your struggle is not your title. Your struggle is not your label. Who you are is different to what you're going through. Do I have a witness right here? I have a witness. You see, what you're going through is not your identity. During COVID, I taught our church, and I taught my grandkids, and I said, if the doctor asks you, are you sick? You say, no. We love doctors. We've got med- lots of medical people in our church. I said, if the doctor asks you, are you sick? You say, no. You say, I am, and I taught this to my grandson, I'm Jaden, and I'm fighting sickness. Because your identity is not wrapped up in your condition. Your vocation, your vocation, your situation, your identity is in Christ. And and Jaden, who was 10, and Michaela, who was six, they landed up in hospital during COVID without their parents. And they had to separate them because Michaela had COVID and Jaden didn't. And she was terrified. And so he sat her down and he said, remember what Papa preached? He said, you are Michaela. And you're not sick. You're Michaela. And you're fighting sickness. So we we have all these kids going to the pediatrician saying, no, doctor, I'm not sick. I have a little guy, Grayson, I'm not sick. I'm Grayson and I'm fighting sickness. Well, this pediatrician started watching online and now he's in the worship team because he wants to go to a church where people know where their identity is in Jesus Christ. So the presence of Jesus is in you at salvation, but His power flows through you at surrender. And God wants every one of us to be a witness. What is to be a witness? Is just to bring the light 
of Jesus that's in you by the Holy Spirit to the darkness of the world that is around you through who you are. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a missionary. You just gotta be who you are because you are a witness. Last Friday, I was up in Manchester for a board meeting here in uh, Audacious and then I caught a train back to London and um, I was sitting there and I had a free seat here, two seats across me from the table and I had my ear, AirPods, AirPods in that Pastor Glenn bought for me years ago and he's just such a generous person. He's always buying me gifts. And so um, he buys me more gifts than Karen does. <laughs> so um, I, Karen, it's great to have you here, Karen, my gorgeous wife. And um, so these two big guys get on the, on the train, right? And they got muscles on muscles. They got tattoos on the muscles. They, and they are swearing like troopers, but they're not wearing a Navy uniform. And they're swearing, and I'm guessing, one guy's got dreadlocks, I'm guessing, I think they're, I think they're from Nigeria, and I was right, because later on I heard that the one guy's born in Dublin, one guy's born in London, to Nigerian parents. But these guys are strong, so they sit down right in front of me, and I'm saying, yes, because I'm from Africa. Yes, and so I said to Karen, hey Karen, my bodyguards have arrived. Now they can't say anything because I'm talking to Karen, but I say it loud so they can hear me. My bodyguards have arrived. I'm gonna be okay in London, because you know I'm from South Africa, it's very safe there, so I was a bit concerned getting to London, so I said, oh, it's okay. So I close off the conversation with Karen, I say, hey, sorry guys, I was just kind of bragging to my wife. They said, no problem. I say, hey man, what do you do? So I said, well, I'm a preacher and I preach about Jesus. Oh, okay, one guy around me says, well, can I ask you something? I said, absolutely. He said, I'm a Muslim and my whole family is Muslim, but I've been to church. And he says, have you ever been to an all black church? And I said, in New Zealand, I preached there once, but, um, but also, I also, um, and he didn't get that. So I said, no, no, yeah, I'm from South Africa. Of course I've been told. He said, what's up with you guys in your church? You, you have church for four hours. When we go to mosque, it's half an hour. And then you take four offerings and you got a tithe and then there's another three offerings. And the pastor wears great clothes and big car. What's up with you guys? So I said, well, I, you know, I know when the imam wants to build a mosque, he sends every, every Muslim in the community an account, you know. Yeah, that's true, he says, that's true. So I said, and I explained some of the things we do, the money and all that kind of thing, but I didn't want to get, I said, listen, the reason why we tithe, and the reason why church is at least two hours, hour and a half usually, is we want to worship Jesus, and I always mention the name of Jesus, because one of our elders in our church, he's a Congolese man, um, he's gone to be the Lord right now, he's been in our eldership for 10 years, he said to me, and he's ministered in Muslim countries all over, he said, whenever you meet a Muslim person, always mention the name of Jesus. 70% of Muslim people come to faith in Jesus by a vision and a dream of Jesus. So, I'm, so now I'm speaking loud. I'm saying, man, I wanna tell you, Jesus loves you and Jesus got an incredible plan for your life. He said, listen, he said, well, how come I've been born in Dublin, I've never had a great Christmas. So I said, why the heck do you want Christmas? That's our holiday. You stay with Ramadan and you fast the whole month. We'll feast at Christmas time. Thank you very much. His friend Gideon turns on him. He said, yes, what the heck? Why do you want Christmas? Christmas is our holiday. It's not your. And so they started asking him about Christmas. And then, 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 then Gideon says to me, he says, he says, um, he says you know, and, and what I love about British people is they, they always have a sentence with a question at the end because they want to include you in the discussion. So it's a lovely day today, isn't it? 
right? So, so, so this guy says, so he said, so Gideon says, he says, uh, Muhammad was a good man and Jesus was a good man, wasn't he? I said, no. So if you give me an opportunity to have, he said, no. They said, what do you mean? I said, well, Jesus said he was God. If he was God and he's God, well, then he's God. But if he's God and he's not God, like you just told me the Muslims don't believe he's God. If he's not God, then he's lying. And that's a bad lie. And so Jesus is either God or he's bad. They look at each other, whoa, no ways, no ways. And then I went to, I, I, had, I reckon I had about two minutes I could get the gospel in. Now, if you wanna preach the gospel in two minutes, a great guy to watch is Professor John Lennox from Oxford University. Check him out on YouTube, Veritas Forum, Forum or just Google uh, John Lennox. And he explains, that Christianity is different to every other religion. And Christianity is not a religion. And we need to know this as a witness. John Lennox puts it this way. He says, when you go to Oxford University or any university, there's an, there's an, uh, uh, an entrance exam to make sure you can cope with the rigors of the institution that you're going to. He says, then you have um, tutors and professors and they help you and it's a system of uh, a meritorious system by which your progress is determined by your performance when you hand in assignments and, you, and, and exams and so year one, year two, year three, and then you sit your final exam and after the final exam, you're either qualified or you're unqualified. He said, religion works the same. There's some kind of entrance exam. If some people, uh, a baptism, a confirmation class, you have to learn scriptures, rituals, rituals and rules. Even if you're born into that religion, there's some kind of entrance point. Then you have imams and, and, and priests and, and teachers and tutors, and they lecture you, and you, your progress is dependent on your performance, and then you write the final exam or judgment day, and you may, you're either qualified or you're disqualified. You either have salvation or you don't have salvation. But Christianity, is totally different. It's totally different. Because in Christianity, biblical Christianity, at the front door, there's no entrance exam because Jesus stands at the front door and He says, I've paid for all your past, your present and your future sin. If you believe in me, if you put your trust in me, you are already qualified. You are already approved. You are already accepted and you have salvation. So I explained to them, so everything I do in my life right now is not to gain salvation, is not to gain approval, is not to gain acceptance, is because I already have acceptance. I believe in Jesus. I believe in my heart, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. So everything I do, every good deed, every tithe, every time I serve, every time I worship, is not to gain His approval. It's because I have His approval. And they just sat there. And I wanted to kind of change the topic because there was this like, and, and by this time in, in part, the part of the carriage we're sitting, pe people's AirPods are out, their books are down, and everyone's leaning in. They want to hear. People want to hear more about Jesus than we're willing to tell them about Jesus. You see, we don't invite people to a religion. When we witness, we introduce them to a person. And his name is Jesus. You don't have to win every argument. You don't have to defend God as though He needs you to be His defense attorney. He can defend Himself. But all we gotta do is we're not inviting people to religion. We're introducing them to a person. Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel 
that Jesus died in my place. He who knew no sin became sin for me. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who behaves. No, it's to everyone who believes. For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith or from beginning to end. As it's written, the just shall live by faith. So there's a silence in the carriage. And um, Rami says, can I ask you something? I said, sure. He said, um, I was texting a friend during Halloween and on the Monday he died. I said, no ways. He said, um, do you think I'm next? So I thought, what kind of answer should I give him? So I thought, I, I, you could be next. He said, what are you telling me? I could be next. I said, every breath is a gift from God. Every breath is a gift from God. Then Gideon showed me his business in London, his same property. So I said, would you like me to pray for your business? He said, yes. You see, it's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. All we gotta do is be a witness and be good to people. I actually really enjoyed my time. I took a photo of them. I told them I'm gonna pray for them. So I pray for Gideon's business. Lord bless you out loud in front of everyone. Lord, I pray that you bless his business. I pray that you're prospering, that you'll give him purpose. That he'll come to know you as his savior and that he'll, you'll give him purpose in life. That he won't just have success, but he'll have significance. So I pray for him. Rami, the Muslim guy says, um, will you pray for my business too? Absolutely. And I pray for his business too. When I finished praying for his business, Gideon's phone rings, a deal went through. He looks at me. He says, do you want 10%? I said, nah, I don't want 10%. <laughs> Listen, you, Jesus wants you to be a witness. But to be a witness, we've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, people were filled with the Spirit five times. Three of them, when they were filled with the Spirit, they spoke in tongues. Once it was Paul, we know he spoke in tongues more than anyone else. The other one was Simon the sorcerer. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, I wish you all spoke in tongues, why? Because when you speak in tongues, your spirit connects with God's spirit, bypasses your mind. You see, my mind's getting in the way of how I'm telling God to run my life. But when I pray in a language I've never learned to a God I've never seen, are we gonna experience what we've never experienced in our lives before? And I wanna tell you the most powerful thing you can do is to be a witness, is to build yourself up so you can be a witness. The Apostle Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all. He wrote two thirds of the New Testament. I speak in tongues more than you all. But he says, when I'm in a public arena, I'd rather say five intelligent words that I may instruct others. Why? Because his other gift is teaching. So he says, so when I'm in the public arena, I'd rather say five intelligent words that I may instruct others. Because why? Because he says, I pray 10,000 words in my prayer language, in my, in my devotions. When I've, and I believe what Paul is saying, when I speak to people, when I teach people, the five words are backed up with 10,000 words in the Spirit. You see, we only want the supernatural when we need a financial breakthrough or when we need a healing. Why don't we live in the supernatural? Why don't we speak in tongues all the time? Well, I don't know what I'm gonna say to my teenager when they come home from school. Well, if you don't know what you're gonna say, what five words you're gonna say to your teenager, why don't you spend some time, 
speaking in tongues. And when you speak to your teenager, 10,000 words of tongues comes through, arrest their heart and bring you together. Well, I don't know what I'm gonna say to my boss at work when I get there on Monday, we've got a conflict resolution meeting. Well, if you don't know what to say, you know what to pray. Before you say it, you first pray it. And when you pray in the Spirit, when you pray in tongues, when you get to that meeting with your boss, you speaking a la- you speaking five intelligent words for your boss to understand, but it's backed up by Holy Spirit. It's backed up because you're a witness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, let's stand all over this place right now. Thank you for listening to this Audacious Podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 